Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another installment of Here Come the Young Guns, where two NBA geeks go and look at the drafts of NBA's past. Tim Daniel here, bringing back to you for episode three, as we're going to drop back to 2003. That one of the biggest drafts of all time, and you guys know I'm not doing this alone. I had to bring in my guy, Mr. Ben Brown, holding it down. How are you, sir? Oh, man, doing great, my man. Doing well. What's going on with you, my brother? Well, um, you and I are recovered from our sicknesses, so yes. <laughs> we were able to do this show as we were dying for a while. Absolutely, but we are back from the dead, ready to go. Yeah, we're like The Undertaker. <laughs> it great. is WrestleMania season, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is WrestleMania week, you are correct. <laughs> so, if you've caught our previous episodes, as you know, this is what we do. We bring up classic NBA drafts, we bring up the highlights, the lowlights, and then we mock draft it at the end of the show. This is the third episode, we've already done the 1984 NBA draft, of course the infamous Hall of Fame NBA champion draft of 84, the 1996 NBA draft, which was also loaded. But Ben, it's 03. This is the LeBron James draft. This is the high school phenomenon. Um, this is one of the best drafts ever. What I remember really a lot about this draft is we've had a lot of drafts in the past where you heard about the high school superstar, whether that be LeBron, whether that be Dwight, I mean, in the next year in Dwight Howard, Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. you know, we've gone through these games already before. Uh, but then you also had the college superstar coming out of Syracuse, but a kid by the name of Carmelo Anthony, who just led Syracuse to an NCAA championship, winning a really, really, really fun game. And then mm. you also have the international superstar in Darko Milicic. So this is that draft where normally it's like, okay, this is a big college draft. There's a couple high school kids in this draft. This is that draft where the top three picks were one of each. And I remember, you know, let's talk first, obviously, about let's start at the get-go with LeBron and just... What we remember so much, and I remember because I was in middle school when we started when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a junior in high school, and I went, "Oh, cool, a high school kid making a name for himself. Can he play though?" And then I watched it. They would play all the St. Vincent St. Mary games on ESPN, and I went, "Okay, he can really play. This guy's really good." And then, of course, there was the doubters of can the high school kid make the jump. And this is where we come to today, where there is a lot of hatred for LeBron James. But let's be honest, the true reason people hate LeBron James is he has not just lived up to the hype from his high school days of St. Vincent St. Mary being the best player in the world. He has surpassed every hype that could potentially be there. Oh, yes, 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 yes. LeBron, I remember that cover. You know, of course, on the cover, it says the chosen one. And this was his junior year of high school. He had not even played his senior year yet. So, I mean, here is a young man who's coming out of St. Vincent, St. Mary, Akron, Ohio. Um, And I remember because uh, years around there, close to us, um, there was O.J. Mayo who was playing locally for us. So there was the O.J. Mayo, LeBron James. I mean, we had all this high school basketball and all these stars close to us. And I was actually fortunate enough. To go see O.J. Mayo in high school was like, man, there's no way anybody. I mean, this kid is phenomenal. And all my buddies was like, dude, you have not seen this guy, LeBron James. Like, he is the real deal. And I had friends that lived in Akron, and they were like, you can't even get into the gym where this young man is playing because he brings a show. Um, 
and you just remember all those things and all those all those articles and highlights and like you said when they started putting his high school games on ESPN which is unheard of because you know that's I mean that was kind of the start of all the high school hype and they started putting this young man's games on TV and I mean the things he was able to do was handling the ball his court vision I mean you just I mean you just saw him just being a dominant player now the way it's grown and the way he's fulfilled that prophecy I mean that's all his hard work and hard doing and God-given ability because it was not short of any hype so he I mean I I agree with you um, the young man did what he was supposed to do and that was dominate the basketball world I mean and he's done it his way I mean you never hear about him being in any kind of trouble he is you know he's strictly a basketball guy and he is just just a dominant player I remember when I watched clips and you know obviously the you know any great player is going to be compared to Michael Jordan and I remember watching clips with some of my older friends who kind of looked you know I was 13 14 years old at the time and people were like holy god this is the second coming of Magic Johnson I went what are you talking about and then I watched clips and I went Okay, yeah, you're right. This is the second coming of Magic Johnson, and it's and it's crazy. Yes, he was. I mean, he his court vision, his height, um, the way he could control um, the whole offense, the way that he saw things. You could see that he could see things three steps ahead of everybody else, and that just brought. I mean, that just brought memories of Magic and running that Showtime Laker team. Um, and Magic, even before that, when he was at Michigan State, you know, running that team into a national championship, um, it brought back all those memories because he, um, at his size and at his demeanor on the court, you could just tell that he was going to be something special like a Magic Johnson. Yeah, and we could, if we want to talk about the greatest LeBron James, we'll be sitting here for a very long time. So let's Absolutely. get into <laughs> let's get into the other players in this draft. Um, specifically, let's talk about Carmelo Anthony because this was the freshman phenom from Syracuse, and also you know in that group group we didn't even mention the college sensation of Dwayne Wade, who was a three year player in college, was a superstar as well. So obviously we're going to talk about Dwayne Wade in this. And, but let's talk, focus for Melo for a second. This was. The freshman sensation out of Oak Hill Academy in, in Virginia, another place the aforementioned O.J. Mayo played high school for a little bit. Um, you know, I remember Oak Hill Academy and St. Vincent St. Mary High School playing each other on ESPN. I remember watching mm-hmm. LeBron versus Bell in high school and going, these are going to be the two best players in the world, and it's going to be crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And Carmelo was just, you know, you obviously saw all the physical traits of LeBron James and the basketball IQ and, and you know the body structure, but Carmelo was like you'd watch him in the court and he just got it and he was just outstanding. And that Syracuse team, if you remember, was a three seed and a very strong region when they won, and Melo led them to that title. And he was so I guess for me, you know, being young, he was the first like glimpse of a college superstar I ever saw, and he t- he was another guy that lived up to that New York toughness that New York hype, and did a lot of awesome things in the court. And really, um, you know, there were some really good guys on that car- on that Syracuse team, guys like Jerry McNamara, guys like Hakeem Warwick. You don't remember those guys because of how great Carmelo was going into this draft. Yeah. Um, what I remember about Carmelo and that team was that he did have some other players on that team, but there was no doubt 
that he was the man. And there was no doubt that he was all that was advertised about um, him playing for Syracuse. I mean, he was able to – I mean, if you just remember going back to the tournament, I mean, the things he was able to do um, to be able to lead Syracuse to that national championship, he just played out of his mind. And on top of that, as as knowing that he was headed for the NBA draft, I mean, he just played as hard as he could for Syracuse. I mean, Carmelo Anthony was a special player. I mean, he's still a special player now, of course. But, I mean, the way that those two kind of set up against each other, um, Carmelo and LeBron, I mean, they'll ever, I mean, they'll forever be linked in history. But the two of them, they just carried themselves in a different way. The way they played, it, it was completely different from anybody else um, from that from that time span. Yeah, it was, and it was just you know, it was kind of like that oversized three that could do a whole lot of things. Um, where, but the thing you saw that Carmelo did that LeBron didn't do is Carmelo was just a pure freaking score and he could score from anywhere and not that LeBron couldn't score but LeBron wasn't the shooter Carmelo was obviously so um just a special player there um now you know it's starting to be a trend in these draft uh, pods we do uh here on the here come the young guns part of the corner three network you can check us out every Wednesday on iTunes Stitcher Google Play and don't forget to check out the corner three every Friday on iTunes Stitcher and Google Play you know where to find us you know where we be yes sir Let's talk about Darko Milicic, because when we heard all about LeBron and Melo, we kept hearing about this kid, too. And I remember vividly watching his tapes and going, this is the guy they're talking about being the second pick in the draft. He was from Serbia. He was playing for the he was playing for their, for their national team at a young age, and he was good in FIBA play, don't get me wrong. But he didn't have that, like, I didn't see this NBA superstar that I saw when I watched guys in this draft, like James, Anthony, Bosch, and Wade, obviously. And even in that since Chris Kamen, even though he probably didn't live up to be a superstar by any means. But I thought Darko had a lot of talent, and I thought he was a good player. But when you started getting these rumblings that people were talking about him going for Carmelo because the Pistons really needed a big-time center, even though they had Ben Wallace, I remember just going, Huh? This guy? Really? I was right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Darko Milicic, you know, a guy who's your number two pick. Um, and and this isn't typical of Detroit because Detroit had some great picks. You know, we talked about Ben Wallace and, a guy, you know, the guy who was a glue guy for them. And they – but, you know, for your number two pick, Darko, I think he averaged six points a game. Maybe three rebounds. Um, I, I was looking through his stats. I think he maybe played 80 games once. Um, had a couple of 70, 70 game seasons, a couple 60. But, I mean, he really didn't have the dominant impact that a number two pick should have. So, definitely a miss there uh, by the Pistons on that one. I will never forget when he checked into a game. It was the 04 Finals when they beat the Lakers, and he like he like had no idea he was going to play. He checked into the game, and he still had his earrings and all his jewelry on. And that's like my that's yeah. that's the moment of Darko Milicic that stands out to me. Uh, yeah, that is uh, that seems like that was typical. I, it's sad here that his 
that his nickname was the Human Victory Cigar, which means that he went in once they knew the victory. The game was at the game was done. So I that's that's not something you want to live to. Is the number two pick? I never do that. Actually, that's pretty funny. <laughs> let's talk about. So let's move through on here real quick. We'll obviously talk about some of the highlights here. Um, obviously, if we talk about this trip, we can't get much farther. Talk about Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, two college stars coming out of. Marquette and Georgia Tech, respectively. Um, I know a lot of Kentucky fans don't like to hear about Dwayne Wade at Marquette, um, and I understand that. Tore, tore our hearts out, man. <laughs> he did. He, that guy tore our hearts out. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So he was a junior, was drafted fifth, and Bosch went fourth as a freshman from Georgia Tech to the Raptors. The Raptors had just lost Vince Carter, so Bosch was their franchise player. Now, where this gets interesting is that this was, we know about, you know, three of the top five picks in this draft teaming up together to win a couple NBA championships, being the one, four, and five picks of LeBron, Bosh, and Wade. Um, but these two should not just be remembered for that, because they were franchise changers. Dwayne Wade, two years later, wins an NBA championship, obviously Miami. And then Chris Bosh was the mm-hmm. guy who really brought things back in Toronto and made basketball fun again before he left for Miami. Um, two unbelievable players. I remember Bosch just being so big and so strong and even yet young. He, had, he was wearing those like dreadlocks still, mm-hmm. and he was just so – it was a power forward that was so fast. And I remember Bosch just yes. being, being so athletic and just taking over games. That's just, I mean, not just his rookie year at Toronto, but you saw immediately at Georgia Tech playing in the East, in, playing in a, in a great uh, college basketball conference. Absolutely. Uh, getting back to our Dwayne Wade discussion, um, I remember specifically watching that game and watching Dwayne Wade go to work all that whole tournament, but specifically against Kentucky. And I just kept thinking to myself, man, if you remember Dwayne Wade in college, he had those two bulky knee braces. Mm-hmm. He like looked kind of awkward. You're like, man, this guy is just going to town on us. And he doesn't even look like he can stand up with those two knee braces on. So then he goes to the draft. I mean, his rookie year and his second year, and I mean, like, I, I mean, I think we had had this discussion before. His finals with Shaq, his his sophomore year, I mean, that was the best. I believe that's some of the best basketball I had ever seen one man play in a finals. He was the best I player mean, in the world that year. Yes. I mean, he just dominated. He just completely dominated for it. A kid that's a sophomore in the league. Now, granted, you've got Shaq, which even then Shaq with the Keep was still a dominant Shaq. But he was by far the best player in the NBA that summer. No, I mean, no doubt about it. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, just crazy. Yeah, and I remember, I mean, there was that year, because it was the year they got Shaq. Uh, they played the Lakers on Christmas that day, and Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant put on a show. That game yes, was overtime. It was awesome. Uh, it was one of my favorite Christmas Day games. We actually talked about that in the corner three, and the on our Christmas Day special, which you can check out on iTunes. At the Absolutely. Corner three. You know the <laughs> corner three podcast. So, and I just remember like Wade was just because Wade was like. Wade had a little different route as far as, you know, his publicity. Because that's when we knew him as The Flash. And he was yes. he was signed with – he had a sneaker deal with Converse, if you remember. <laughs> yes, he did. I do remember. Yeah. I do remember Those that. Those shoes were dope. 
I mean, they were dope shoes. Those shoes were dope. Absolutely. And, and he was doing awesome. I mean, he was just this completely different animal. This young kid from Chicago doing big things. So, obviously, those guys large. I mean, stand out big time. So, let's talk a bit more about some other guys in this draft to go through. Um, obviously, it's in that top ten. You finish with Chris Kamen, Kirk Heinrich, TJ Ford, Michael Sweetney, and Jarvis Hayes. Um, I remember Hayes a lot from Georgia. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought he would have been a better NBA player than he was. Uh, TJ Ford obviously battled a ton of injuries, whether it be spinal cords, everything he went through. God love him. Mm-hmm. Glad he's healthy and doing well now. Uh, Michael Sweetney was a guy that had a really good time near Georgetown, really didn't stick. Heinrich, though, was, I mean, Chicago Bulls fans like myself, we, we, we very much love Kirk Heinrich. And Absolutely. We never want to see him play NBA basketball ever again. We love him that much. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Heinrich. I mean, I remember him from Kansas. I remember him. He was just a leader. Like, he just, for those Kansas teams, which, I mean, those Kansas teams, you still had Nick Collison. You had, uh, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. But he was the leader of that group. I mean, he did a great job leading those teams. And then he gets picked to Chicago, which he carved out a great career for himself there. I mean, he was he was a uh, just a solid player for them. I mean, he he's got 13 years in the league. I mean, Kirk Heinrich carved out a great career. Michael Sweetney was the big disappointment for me because I remember him at Georgetown and I remember him being a a, a pretty key cog to what they did and he was a good player there and I for some reason I don't know why he didn't stick. I mean, he was a he was a good big power forward guy kind of um a big bulky just dude i mean he was he was solid at georgetown and then he got to the nba and just i mean I, the he played 77 games in 04 and 05 but i mean the rest of them he played 42 48 and 66 and i don't understand why he didn't stick but i don't know if there's any injuries or what but I, I, he's the kind of the big miss for me because outside of Darko, of course, but right. yeah. Michael Sweetney, I thought was, you know, Michael Sweetney was a good player. Yeah, he is for sure. And then we also have, um, let's get to the, like, some real world guys here, as we mentioned there. Mikel Petrus, who got drafted by Golden State. I remember him, I mean, most people remember him for uh, his time in Orlando where he was a really key mm-hmm. part to that Magic team that made the NBA Finals that year and lost to uh, the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers, had, yep. had a good run. Luke Ridenauer, who just retired a couple years ago, had a solid 12 years in the league. He did. Yeah. Oh, here's another one. Reese Gaines. Yeah, man. Gosh, Reese Gaines was a knockdown shooter at Louisville. He uh, he had some big games at Louisville um, and played really well there. That's, an, that's another one. You know what he's doing that now? kind of snuck by me. A six. I do not have. I have no idea what he's doing now. He is now the assistant basketball coach at get this Eastern Kentucky University, not too far away from us. Wow, I did not know that. I did not know Reese Gaines was a coach. He he was a he was a solid player. That guy could shoot. He could shoot the lights out of Louisville. That's another one that kind of snuck by me because I, I you know, and he only got four. Uh, four or five years in the league, which, I mean, good. I'm glad things worked out for him that he's down at Eastern. But yeah, I he was a, uh, I mean, he's a top top 15 pick. 
They've only got three years in. Yeah. See, you know where I'm trying to get with this draft class, right? You know who I'm trying to talk about specifically, don't you? Who's that? You know that I am a beloved, diehard, huge, huge, huge Xavier Musketeers fan. Absolutely. <laughs> and maybe the greatest player to ever put on an X uniform is in this draft. And was drafted very low in this draft. By low, I mean 18. That's not very low. But when we repick this draft, I guarantee he'll be in the top 10. Um, oh, no question. We're going to talk about my boy still doing his thing in the league for the Golden State Warriors. He's had an awesome career. David West, repping yes. Xavier, wearing the X as a tattoo on his arm still. Yes, he does. An unbelievable career. Obviously, most you know we remember his eight years in New Orleans where he was a two-time NBA All-Star. Um, but I remember him for being AP National Player of the Year, three-time Atlantic 10 Player of the Year, one of the few guys that has his jerseys retired at the Cintas Center. David yes, West is a, was a stud. He was a phenomenal basketball player. Still is, I should say. Um, obviously, as our good friend on the corner three, Alex, would put it, he played for the Spurs, so he fulfilled his prophecy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, obviously had four really, I mean, four or five really good years there in Indiana for your home, for your beloved Indiana Pacers. So, David yes. West has had a great career, is still playing in the league, um, one of my all-time favorite players in, in, in the world, in basketball in general. I agree. David West, um... I was fortunate enough to go to a crawdown shootout and watch him play in college. Um, he was a guy, David West was a guy who, I mean, he always played to the best of his abilities. I mean, you look at when he got to New Orleans, I mean, you think about this. This kid was picked 18th overall, went to play for the New Orleans Hornets, and and was an immediate factor for that team. I mean, he was an immediate factor. Now, a great, of course, I always, I am always grateful for him because I am a Pacers guy mm-hmm. for the years that he gave to my Pacers because he was a stabilizing force there as well. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who just does a job and does it well? That's David West. He is he has carved a niche for himself. He's has a fourteen year NBA career. Um, and has has played on some pretty good teams, two time All Star, like you said. Um, I mean, that guy is he's carved out a really good career for himself. He's yeah. he's a very special player. He is that dude. That is for sure. God, I loved it. I loved. It. I mean, one of my my favorite Xavier player ever. Maybe up there with guy. Um, who did I put up there with him? I didn't really like Jordan Crawford there. I won't lie. Yeah. Even though he has that video where he dunked on LeBron, but you're not allowed to see it because, you know, certain reasons. <laughs> exactly. That one went away in the vault. Yeah. Yeah. So other guys taking this draft we can talk about as we go through here. Um, some highlights. Jason Capono from UCLA was the Cavaliers' second-round pick, the f- second pick of the second round, where he, um, talking about Cincinnati teams, UC was the number one seed overall in the tournament that year. Capono's eighth-seeded UCLA Bruins yes. beat them. Uh, right after him, Luke, yes, Wal- Luke Walton, now coach of the L.A. Lakers, drafted by the L.A. Lakers. Had a decent career in the league uh, before he was a bench player in the league. Also, yeah. played with LeBron James. He also did play with LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, Steve Blake, um, another guy who, you know, had a, had a solid uh, tenure in the league. 
What did Steve play? He did. He played. Man, he played it decently. Yeah, he played from thirteen. He was thirteen years in the league, man. Yeah. I think he just retired. He did. Um, maybe last year, I think. Yeah. So I mean, he. I mean, he played for Washington, Portland, Milwaukee, Denver, Portland, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, Golden State Warriors. I mean, he had like four stints with Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. And finished his career with uh, the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. So he but had a, he, had a uh, he had a long career. He did. Uh, Keith and I Bogans, remember him at Maryland. I did too. Yeah, because he was he was a freak, man. Him and Juan Dixon were the were their uh, backcourt at that at that, t- at that time. Uh, absolutely, they won a title. Yeah, they won. Was that they, 02 or oh one that they won it? Oh uh, one was theirs. Yeah. Oh one. I remember that. Keith Bogans in this draft. Talk about great Kentucky players. SEC Player of the Year. Did about eleven yes. years in the league. Played for everyone. Yes, he did. He was a spur. I didn't know he was a spur. Oh yeah, he yeah he was definitely a spur. Man, he played he for so many teams, so it was hard to keep track. <laughs> wow, but Kendra Perkins at twenty-seven. Yeah, also played with LeBron James. Also played with LeBron James. We need to keep a tally of players <laughs> who played with LeBron James. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, we can go. I mean, we can go through this one right here. I mean, this one alone. We yeah. already. Yeah, uh, Mo Williams at 47 has played with LeBron James. James Jones at 49. James Jones, I think, travels in his pocket because <laughs> wherever he goes, yeah. wherever he goes, he goes. Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver. I mean, what a what a career for Kyle Korver. Yeah. Um, I mean, all those years with Atlanta, I mean, was an all-star. Mm-hmm. I want to say, was it last year? Uh, two years ago. Okay, fourteen, fifteen. He was an all star. I mean, it, Kyle Korver. He uh, he carved out a really good career for himself just by being a spot up shooter. Yeah, I mean, out of, out of Creighton. He's a guy that everyone loves to to have on their team. Um, not exactly known for being extremely athletic by any stretch, but yeah, I mean, probably one of the best spot up spot up shooters in NBA history for sure. Yes, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that had a niche and fulfills a niche and. Does a great job at what he does, and that's find that spot and hit those threes. Yeah. And has made a great career out of it. Also here, I mean, let's talk about some undrafted players, man. Jose Calderon was in this draft, who is still playing in the league, currently a member of the Atlanta yes. Hawks. Um, he had a, I mean, he's, had, he's a guy that's had a great career. He's very well known for not turning the ball over, for being the ultimate assist-to-turnover ratio player. I think he still holds that record. Calderon? Yeah. Wow. He's a stud. Ball. He is. So, yeah. Good deal. So, so, we look back at this draft, man. Like, obviously, we point out the, the Bronze, the Wades, the Boshes. Ironically, like, those guys built a dynasty together. The Mellows, the David West. You know, overall, when we look at this draft compared to the other ones we've covered, the 84 and 96 one, what do you feel is the overall impression this draft will get forever? Like, when there's a documentary on the NBA TV network on this draft, what are you going to look for? What are you going to see and go, man, that was awesome? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, any draft, I mean, and let's look at it. LeBron James, future Hall of Famer. Carmelo Anthony, future Hall of Famer. 
Chris Boss, future Hall of Famer. Dwayne Wade, future Hall of Famer. David West, possible future Hall of Famer. So, I mean, right there, you're looking at five guys in the first round of that draft that are future Hall of Famers. Um, And we've looked at drafts in the past where guys have had three, four, but this one has five potential Hall of Famers in it. And, I mean, and if you look at it, I mean, LeBron, Bosh, Wade, and Anthony, those are four locks to me. Those are four lock Hall of Famers. So any draft where you get four lock, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer, Hall of Famers in it, I mean, you've got to say it's one of the greatest drafts um, that that have ever been. I mean, because usually that you may lucky to get one, maybe two, but to get four, I mean, to get four in your first in your first uh, seven eight picks, I mean, that's just it's unheard of. And yeah. then you add David West to that, and then you add a guy like Boris Diaw, who's still playing in the league. You add a guy like um, Zaza Pachulia, who's still playing in the league. Um, so, I mean, you, you got James Jones, who's still playing in the league, Kyle Corver. So, I mean, top to bottom, this, this whole draft is sprinkled with guys that have been consistent guys and guys that will be Hall of Famers. So, it's got a, this draft will have a great legacy to it. For me, this is the draft that saved basketball, the NBA. Um, and I say it like this. Michael Jordan had just retired after his third tenure in the league. Um, after his second tenure, the league was really looking for superstars. This draft brought it. That post-Jordan pre-LeBron era, and don't get me wrong, there was the Kobe's and the Vince Carter's and the Tracy McGrady's and all those great players, but this draft was the one that really brought the league back, where we had phenoms and we had prospects that you just couldn't wait to see. And we got that in this one. So I I would say this is the draft that really brought the NBA back to being where it is because we're going to be doing the product of this today. Absolutely. That, That is a great point. This draft kind of bridged that gap between the old school that was retiring and then to the new school. And then you've got veterans sprinkled in there, like you said, a Vince Carter, a Tim Duncan, a Tracy McGrady. Um, you've got those guys all sprinkled in um, to kind of bridge that gap between the old school and the new. So, yeah, absolutely. This is a great draft for that. Yeah. Speaking of, you ready to draft? Oh yeah, man! Absolutely. Yes, this is this is going to be uh, this is going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to this one. So, if you've listened to our shows before, this is if you haven't, this is what we do at the end of each episode of Here Come the Young Guns here on the Corner Three Network. Ben and I will go through and we'll rotate, taking you know, repicking the drafts. Um, so far, we have not changed who the number one overall pick is in a draft. We won't this time either. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um. But we we do throw some wrenches in there, and we, we you know to re- when you look back at this draft. So, man, I'm stoked for this. But due to our rules, you get the first pick again. 84 draft in this draft, you get the first pick. Man, come on. <laughs> so the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know this turned out well for me. The Cleveland Cavaliers are on the board at one in the 03. Gee, I wonder who you're taking. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta gotta stay with my man LeBron. Um, he's one of those guys who's uh, a game changer. 
Um, he has put a whole city, a whole franchise. He's put everybody on his back and has just changed the landscape. I mean, changed the whole landscape, not of just basketball, but he's changed the landscape of the whole city. Um, to have that kind of impact, it's like a it's like a Jordan, it's like a Jordan in Chicago. He just changed the whole landscape of and the attitude of that city. Um, I mean, it's just amazing what he's been able to do. So, LeBron, no doubt, hands down, first pick. So, spoiler alert: Darko Milicic will not be going second in our draft. <laughs> yes, I know, I know you're shocked. Yeah, I hope we don't break. Hope it. Hope we don't hurt anybody's feelings. And Darko, if you're listening, I, I apologize. It's not. It's not, <laughs> nothing it's, personal. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you. And no. so you know, the easy answer here is take Carmelo Anthony. Um, the stretch, the stretch three, who has the body like a four, who can shoot like a two, and cannot pass like a one. Right? Easy. Correct. Um, Absolutely. But the Pistons just took Tayshaun Prince the year before. They had Rip Hamilton. They had Chauncey. They had Ben Wallace. What are they missing here? They're missing a power forward that they can have be a franchise player for a long time. So mm. my thought process here, if I'm Joe Dumars, is I'm going to take Chris Bosh because I'm going to put him oh. as my front court of him and Ben Wallace. When a ball thrown up in the air, good luck beating those guys on the boards. And I've got my Ooh. guys to shoot with Chauncey and, and Rip. So beat that. I'm taking Chris Bosh at number two. Ooh, I like that. I like that. That is a uh, that'll be really good. And you pair those two together. That's that's you dominate the inside, like you said. You've got shooters on the outside. So I think that's a good that's a good spot. Um, let me see. We're here three. Um, I've got to. I got to stay with my man Carmelo. He did. He did some pretty amazing things there yep. in uh, in Denver. No matter what George Carl says, <laughs> I mean, yeah. George Carl's a little, you know, George Carl's a little bitter. Um, but uh, Carmelo did some did some amazing things there in Denver. Um, so I would like to keep him there at three. So this is where I get. I mean. So, if Chris Bosh is off the board, and this is where Toronto really took him, they're going to need a a big-time power forward, right? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe like a, oh, I don't know, a David West? (laughs) I knew it was coming. There you go, baby. There you go, David West. That makes so much sense if Bosh is off the board. You throw him in there. You've got your, your power forward. Uh, Toronto at that time was going through a huge transition after the loss of VC. Tracy McGrady had left. Toronto needed solid, steady players who were great athletes who could make things happen. Enter David mm-hmm. West, who turns the Toronto Raptors into a playoff contender, and things go crazy there for them. Yes, David West. David West would fit there perfectly. I, I think that he... Um, he would be able to do a lot of the things that Chris Bosch was able to do. So I, I like that pick. David West, in, earlier in his career, was definitely a guy like a Chris Bosch who could uh, stretch the floor. He's going to give you, you know, 8 to 10 rebounds a night, and he's also going to give you 16 to 18 points, um, kind of like a Bosch. So I think that would have fit well. 
Mm. So now I'm at five. Uh, yeah, I think that D Wade guy finished out okay at Miami, didn't he? I yeah, mean, it, it kind of worked out well for him, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I gotta leave. I gotta leave my man D Wade there. He's gonna get his um, number retired there. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be his jersey's gonna be hanging in the rafters. I mean, he will be a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, I've got to leave him at five there. It's that was the perfect fit for them. Yeah, I am gonna man. All three of my picks have been different guys. So yes, here with the Clippers. You know, another team that, God, they needed every good player they could get. And don't get me wrong. Don't please take strongly. I like Chris Kamen. I thought he had a really fun NBA career. Uh, he obviously mm-hmm. didn't live up to the hype. Did go to an All-Star game, although. But I take Nick Collison here. Nick Collison is still doing it in this league for Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, he's literally played for the same franchise his whole career, whether it be mm-hmm. Seattle or Oklahoma City. Was drafted by the Sonics at twelve. Phenomenal. Okay, phenomenal is totally overstating. I'm overrating him right now. But <laughs> an awesome player. Did the dirty work. Made things happen. So this is where I will go and take Nick Collison. Ooh. I like it. I like it. Collison is a – he's a guy that's uh, – he has been – I mean, not. I can't say underrated because he – it's not like he's been a star. Right. But he is, I mean, he has done, I mean, he's been in the league and done some really good things. Now, it's been overshadowed now because, I mean, Steven Adams came on. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook stuff. And, you know, Russell Westbrook is the greatest player on earth. Um, but Collison has been there. Like you said, he's been with the same team. And he's been able to do the same things, you know, his whole career there in Oklahoma City. So I, I really like that pick. I like yeah. and he's had a good career, you know, being where he is. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you have my right. Chicago Bulls here. Do us right. <sighs> Man, seven with the Bulls. Uh, man, I I mean I I really like Kirk Heinrich. I mean, I mean they needed the guard. I mean, the, like I said, he's had thirteen. He had thirteen years in the league. Um, Collison fit what the Bulls did. Um, I like Collison there, man. Or not? I mean, I like Heinrich. I mean, I like Heinrich there. They're the same person. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. they're all they're all they're all together. So yeah. But yeah, I like I like Kirk Hart there. He he uh, he fits what the Bulls did. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll keep TJ Ford here because I don't think we know the injuries are coming. Obviously, and this is, was a star in Texas. Like, go back and watch his Texas highlights if you haven't. Just mm-hmm. watch how amazing he was with the ball in his hands. Had amazing handles. Was such a was a floor technician. Could make any pass. Could hit deep shots. Was a clutch shooter. Um, so TJ Ford will stay there. So for the first time in this draft, I'm staying put. Staying put. Mm-hmm. Um, New York Knicks needing a forward. I I'm gonna have to move a guy that has had some longevity in this league and has done some great great things. I'm gonna move Boris Diaw to the New York Knicks at nine. Um, I think he is 
he's another guy who's been in the league, um, has been a guy that has been consistent. Um, he's a consistent power forward with a consistent jump shot. Um, and he's, like I said, he's still doing it. 14 years strong, still playing. Um, he could have brought some stability there to the, those Knicks teams. And you also pair him later on in that in that time with Carmelo if he stays and you've got a pretty good, uh, you got a pretty good one, two there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, you know, I like DL a lot. I think DL had a really good career, uh, for everything he got to do, still doing also a guy that played for the Spurs and did some things yes. there. So did not play with LeBron though. Did, did not, not, did not. LeBron. Okay. We have, yeah, we found one that's not played with LeBron. <laughs> Oh, man. So, I think there, with that being said, the 10th pick in our last one in this draft. I'm going to go here. Man, this is a hard one. Yes, it is. Later in this draft, same team drafts this player just a little earlier. The Washington Wizards, that we mentioned, took Jarvis Hayes here, who was an okay guard. You know, did seven years in the league. But this Mm -hmm. is where a young man by the name of Steve Blake comes in. Mm. I, you know, I get it. They have Gilbert Arenas at this time. They have Agent Zero. He hasn't pulled a gun on anybody yet. But, True. Um, they took. You know, at this point, they think Kwame is going to be. <laughs> oh man! Don't uh, don't don't mention don't mention Kwame. Uh, they got Stackhouse <laughs> at this point. Stackhouse is still playing high at a high level. So they've got the mm-hmm. forwards. Rip. Yes, they do. You know, they, they Stackhouse was acquired in that trade for Rip. So. They need those guards that they can build on, man. And I think Steve Blake at this point would have been spectacular. Jose Calderon was very close to being this pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Steve Blake is your choose. I mean, he's your proven guy. He's won a national championship. And I believe he was a senior on that Maryland team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's got experience of playing in big games. And he could step in and do some, do some good things there at 10 in Washington. So, yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I agree. So, Ben, I think we can go ahead and wrap this up. And I know we haven't officially said what our next draft's going to be we're going to cover here. But um, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 92. Ooh, 92. Mm. Uh, ooh, let's, let's do it. I'm down for 92. Yeah, so when we do our next episode, we will cover the 1992 NBA draft where a guy by the name of Shaquille O'Neal was drafted from a school named Louisiana State, and uh, he had an all right career, did some decent things. Uh, he did, yeah, he he did okay for himself. Did okay for himself. Yeah. So, with that being said, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of Here Come the Young Guns. Thank you again for tuning in. Where you can check us out every Wednesday morning. This show goes up on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You can check our website at thecorner3.net, where we'll keep you in the loop on all of our shows, whether it be us. Here at Here Come the Young Guns or the Corner 3 Podcast, which you can check out every Friday. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a review. Five stars. We really appreciate it. And we'll give you a shout-out by your iTunes name by saying thank you for giving some love on the show. With that being said, Ben, this is fun as always. And um, I can't wait to talk the Diesel next week. Absolutely. The man, my one of my favorite players of all time. I am ready to discuss some Shaq. All right, everyone, have a good weekend. Absolutely. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.